Did you know Echoplex has a 24-hour stream? That's right. Check out our 24-7 music stream at echoplexmedia.com live or at eplex.xyz. Our huge self-submitted local music library plays the best tunes the Bay Area has to offer, ad and commercial free, well, except for ours, and even by request. Check out the player on echoplexmedia.com or at eplex.xyz. Bookmark it and enjoy it all day. Echoplex is very supportive of our local music scene, and we hope you enjoy the soundtrack they've so graciously sent in for us to play on our network. If you like who you hear, please go check them out. The names of the artists are displayed on the player at echoplexmedia.com and at eplex.xyz. Go into a hotel and whack off somebody. I'm white and I've got everything I need. No one clutches their purses when they're in a room alone with me. And I can drive for any neighborhood I please. At any hour, and the police don't do us. I leave it alone and fucking flip it I'm a straight white male in America I got everything I need I'm a guy getting paid more than a girl with a degree And I can walk down the streets after dark No one wants to rape me And I can get a girl pregnant And just as easily flee like my straight white male dad did to me So if I see a penny on the ground I leave it alone and fucking flip it I'm a straight white male in America I've got all the luck I need I've got a pile of broken mirrors And I'm walking under ladders And I'm spilling tons of salt But to me that doesn't matter Cause my skin and my gender and my orientation Are the best things to have if you live in this nation I recommend it highly So if I see a penny on the ground I leave it alone and fucking flip it I'm a straight white male in America I've got all the luck I need Shit's gonna work out for me Cause I'm a straight white male in America I've got all the luck I need Hey everybody, welcome to the Intellectual Dollar Tree We in fact do this show live every Wednesday at 7pm Pacific right here on Twitch It's twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia I did in fact take two whole actual days off of streaming I got a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. done um, anyway, you can support this project at eplex.store. You can get a membership there that's much like a Patreon membership, except you get extra perks. And um, of course, if you're a Patreon user and you're like, I don't need to sign up for some other shit, we're not going to turn away your money at Patreon. Also, um, just echoplexmedia.com slash support. You can find other ways to support us there. I'm Producer Dave. As always, you can find me on your grinder grid, depending on where you live. And I am HK Perrin. You can find me on Mastodon at hparin at port87.social. Fantastic. So I have a question for you. I have these two. I have a David Pakman interviews Richard Dawkins about trans rights, etc., etc. Or, even worse, the Cosmic Skeptic has Peter Boghossian on. So, uh, full disclosure, I have seen the first one, the Richard Dawkins one. 
So we're going to go uh, ahead and not watch the first one. That You made the decision. We're going to watch the second one. Yeah. <laughs> so this is uh, the Cosmic Skeptic, who HK used to be a big fan of <laughs> until, uh-oh. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he's been... Uh been real weird lately <laughs> and by weird we mean super nice to bigots not getting worse getting better or i mean not getting other way around not getting better getting worse <laughs> well we'll see maybe i mean peter bergosian's a fucking idiot maybe this guy will challenge peter bergosian more than the others <laughs> so far he has not challenged any of them so i i think the likelihood of that is very low Part of the difficulty is you have so many people out there who want to make people humiliate people and make them look bad. And that's not what this But you don't need those people, Peter. You, this is going to be great. In fact, that's I already know this is going to be great. Peter, you do that to yourself. <laughs> well, what's your percentage of, of the, the God, God's existence? God, God does not exist. How confident are you? Is that the kind of thing you can stick a number on? I mean, what really is the difference? <laughs> oh, no. It's fucking atheism. Sure God, God damn it. Not atheism. I don't want to talk about atheism anymore. <laughs> Dawkins does that in the God delusion. Dawkins does a lot of scale. things in the God delusion. <laughs> We're talking about pure philosophy. Okay. Which you seem to be suspicious of the idea that there can even it's, be such a thing. No, I think it exists. I think it's damaging people. I think it's a terrible thing. Palling around with Constantine. That's the only the the, the 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 priest is the only one he probably stuck it to, and the priest was probably totally nice, right? <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Within Reason. My name is Alex O'Connor. My guest today is Peter Bogosian, who That's is a founding bad. faculty fellow, a founding faculty fellow mm -hmm. at the University of Austin. Former professor. Oh, the fucking the University of Austin, Texas. That's not the university. That's not UT at Austin. That's the University of Austin at Texas. That's the one where they at first hired too many people who had been at Epstein Island. And so they had to like, <laughs> I made a fucking, I made a, a meme about it where it said it had a little, like a phrenology calipers. Then it said university of Austin. And it said at the bottom, it said if the faculty here was good enough for the kids at Epstein Island, they're good enough for your kids too. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Barry Weiss's uh, IDW university. <laughs> ID woo university. <laughs> uh, Portland State, a you place know, we shall not name. Good which enough, we, uh, which we won't go into. Uh, oh, you should. And also, I believe you coined the term street epistemology. Correct. If oh, get the fuck out! No, Aaron Ra was doing that. Aaron Ra was doing street epistemology before you were. No, 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 no. Also, Aaron Ra is really annoying, but not like an IDW guy. I just find him annoying. Nope, nope, nope. You didn't coin the term street epistemology. Get the fuck out of here. 13. So I, I coined the term steam engine. Magna Bosco, Great. who is a wonderful street epistemologist. Back in the, what, late 1800s? We some street epistemology together. Legitimately, he did not. He said 2013. Aaron Ra was doing that in like 2005. Remember? Yeah. He'd be out there. He was, he, he was doing, shut the fuck up. At the time, after when I, when I was in Austin, we we went to the university campus, and he said, "Well, let's let's get out in the street and let's get you doing some oh some terrific, street epistemology." Terrific, but yeah. because it was the summertime, it's too hot. It was uh, it was allergy season, uh, when, and when I showed up today, you know, I was sort of sniffling oh, all yeah, over yeah. the place because the weather at the moment, I just sort of have a have a horrific form of hay fever. So I'm I'm either allergic to grass or apparently allergic to street, street epistemology. epistemology. Yeah. I don't know which it well, is. Well Austin's an oven in the summer. I wouldn't try to do anything other than eat barbecue there. It's truly horrific in the summer. <laughs> it was quite an experience, but 
it's interesting now to sit down with a man who coined the term. Yeah. People who are but he didn't. You might not know what street epistemology is. Can you give them the sort of the blurb definition? So, thanks for asking. Street epistemology is a way, and we're actually in the room with the president of street epistemology, Reed Nicewonder, where we go all around the world and we make videos. Imagine having to like, uh, you're, you're like, I don't know, one of these people's friends and they're like, you're like, hey, they're like, hey, would you like to sit in on the most annoying conversation you've ever seen? <laughs> um, so street epistemology is street epistemology. Epistemology means how you know what and what is the etymology of street epistemology it's like well it's street and epistemology <laughs> street epistemology is street epistemology it's epistemology brought to you by the tautology department of tautology is rough out there in the streets from a formal <laughs> academic setting and bring it into the street hence the street epistemology and what it is is we ask people and help them clarify their beliefs and how strongly they believe something, their confidence with the evidence and the reasons they have for something. So it's a very civil, non-confrontational way to help people align the confidence that they have in their beliefs with the evidence for those beliefs or the reasons that they hold the beliefs. The thing that I kept getting told off for yeah. by Anthony yeah. when we tried to do street epistemology was that I was a little bit too obvious in my own opinions. Yeah, you can't do that. They, they yeah, right. Get the fuck out of here. This guy goes, when he goes out and does, it's like, are trans people human? And it's like, well, yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, you've are, you're, the question already tells us your beliefs, right? Yep. <laughs> like this guy goes to the university and like asks like a bunch of 19 year olds a loaded question. Like, get the fuck out of here. This is loaded question, street loaded question onology thought that I was being quite neutral. I yeah. thought that I was just sort of asking questions, trying to get to the, the basics of why people believe certain things. But uh, he seemed to be suggesting at certain points that it was sort of slipping through the cracks. Yeah, well, there's a, cor a corrective for that. And actually, Reed came up with this for when we go around the world and we do this. The, the very last question that we ask everybody is, so, so we have lines, strongly disagree, disagree, slightly disagree, neutral, and then on the other side. We'll put people on the neutral line, we'll ask them a claim, they'll walk to a line, they can switch at any point as long as they commit to a full line, or, or they don't have to switch at all, they can stay in the neutral line And the this is time. like on a university campus? Or any, like anywhere, we, we've done it here. We, we, what what is this guy so, go somewhere where grown folks hang out? Uh, there's nothing wrong with being <laughs> a fucking, like, there's nothing wrong with being a university student, right? But we, we, we talk about this all the time. Your brain doesn't finish really developing until you're 24, 25, 26, and... So you're asking a bunch of 19 year olds this, and this guy's like fucking got at least 10 years on me. Like, why did, I think this would be a fun game at a bar. I mean, Dave, I think you just answered your own question. Like he does it because they're 19 year olds. Like out on the street. Yeah, just, if he had to argue with actual adults who like understood why they believed things, he wouldn't fare very well. It's the same reason that, uh, uh, what's his name? The, the banana guy. He goes out and asks kids about like why they're atheists and then he calls them like liars and cheats and thieves. And it's like if he was doing that to an adult, it very much would not go the way it happens with uh with like nineteen year olds that he sees on the street. Yeah. Or I, not on the street, but like in uh university campuses. 
I think the the thing that would happen if you tried to do this in like an actual like a town square that wasn't a university is people would just ignore him. Probably. <laughs> I think there will always be a certain number of people that that would participate, but yeah. Like especially if you have like if you have something up that says like uh something really provocative, which is always what he's doing. It's not like it's not ever something like, you know, should abortion be legal? Like everyone would just be standing on the agree line so right the question you know, would there's be, not really any debate there the question would be like is Maybe it okay to kill everyone, a baby but, or is it yeah. is it okay to yeah. kill a fetus or whatever would be the question yeah yeah the, exactly he, he'll like ask stuff in in provocative ways to try and get people to to participate in this yeah, it's 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 a little bit odd. Yeah, if you could get like a random sampling of thirty year olds, people would probably eventually people would just start clapping back at him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. <laughs> they'd be like, "Could you ask that question?" And like, they'd be like, "I, you're you're making a statement. Could you please ask a question?" <laughs> Streets, university campuses doesn't matter where it oh, is. Well, but you only do it on the university campus. You don't do it on the street, like Aaron Ra. Yeah, Aaron Ra would do it out on the street. I've never seen him do it anywhere other than a university. But the last question that I ask people is, what line do you think I'd be on? Right. And if they say, why the fuck would you ask them that? Or if they say, that's the best, I don't know. The next best is if they say the opposite. And the worst is if they know, (laughs) if they know what you would believe, because then, then they'd be trying to think or may maybe thinking that you're Is there a line for go fuck yourself? It's not about persuading anybody. <laughs> I take a great deal of pride when I see hate comments off the form on my yeah. podcast. Yeah. When I spoke to Constantine Kisson and he was talking about freedom of speech right. and I'm pushing back right. and I'm saying, but you know, should we really have unrestricted speech? Can't words be harmful? Isn't it right. all just the brain saying it, it doesn't like a certain experience right. that, it's, that it's feeling? And uh, he re-uploaded a, a clip of it onto his own channel, and and the comments are sort of painting me out to be this ridiculous sort of sensorial, right. uh, you know, wokeist. And I think to myself, like, the fact that I'm well, that's why we watch all or most of these things. You don't get clips here. Our our impression was that this guy didn't ask Constantine any tough questions, and to the extent that he did, Constantine would kind of give him a non-answer, and then he'd move along. Yeah, uh, like he pushed back. But he didn't push back enough that it was effective. Right, because Constantine is a propagandist. And this guy treated Constantine as if it was like his friend and they were sitting on the couch getting stoned. Yeah. Otherwise described as a free speech activist, another right. label that I don't really like very much. Yeah. I, I, uh, I must say that I indulge in a little bit of pride in thinking that I've yeah. done such a good job of hiding what my position actually is in my capacity as an interviewer. Um, Wait, what is your position? I suppose in a way that's the kind of thing you're trying to do, although not quite as not quite as far. You're not trying to sort of represent the opposite. I position. think he just said he has but like wrong. a hold on before a free speech absolutist position. Before you go on, or the, at least that's what he implied. What you before we go into anything new, so that's really important that. Not only in an interview context, I pretend to be woke, a woke person when I interview people. Or do you? <laughs> yeah, that's a dialogue. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Gotta hear that again. What? Listen so to this. It's really important that not only in an interview context, I pretend to be woke, a woke person when I interview. I would people. love to see what he thinks a woke person is like. I would fucking pay for that. 
<laughs> I pretend to be one of those wokies. <laughs> if he was like doing an hour at a comedy club as a as a woke comedian, I would pay a hundred bucks easy to go see that shit. <laughs> Look, as a woke liberal myself, <laughs> like a like a like a poorly done and unfunny caricature of what is more or less my belief system would be the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. It's like that. Uh, it, it's like that meme where the guy's holding a skateboard in in the middle of a school. Yeah, hello, He's fellow going, kids. Hello, fellow liberals. <laughs> get into that mindset, but that's a dialectic. That's how you can get to the truth of things. That's how, as long as there's a people have a an ability or willingness to revise their belief in the context of the conversation. Yeah. So that's how oh, wait, no, 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 this isn't how people change their, you don't change your beliefs in the middle of a fucking com, like one conversation. Like, okay. If, if you just have something wrong, like some fact wrong, like some number or something like that, sure. You're going to, you'll be like, Oh, I guess I didn't know that. But like something that you believe and you've thought about before, you're not going to change it in the context of one conversation. Most of the time, that's a, that's a dumb way to like, think about any of this. Like people change their beliefs over time when they've talked to, when they've talked to people they care about or listen to people they respect and they hear the opposing view over and over again in a bunch of different ways. And they're like, Oh, maybe that might be, uh, uh, maybe I had this all wrong. Yeah. Like the best you would get is, is if someone said like, you know what? You've given me a lot to think about. Right. I'll think about that. Yeah. People can clarify their own ideas and viewers can understand when you push back, when you have that dialectic. That dialectic in an interview is very different, or at the very least, it's different. But the way they want to do it is they want you to go, let me push back on that a little bit before you say the thing that you're going to say, right? So you're like preparing, you're basically fronting off that you don't, this, oh, I'm. let me push back on you when you say that. You've like taken basically all the firepower out of what you're about to say, I think. You're saying, hey, yeah. I'm one of you, but here's the pushback. <laughs> like playing devil's advocate. Right. You shouldn't, if you're doing that, you shouldn't tell someone you're doing it. If you're at a table with a bunch of Nazis and you say to them, let me play devil's advocate here and say that maybe black people aren't bad. Uh, you're a Nazi. Right. <laughs> do when you have conversations with people in the street you need to push back a little bit but the pushback should be in the form of questions and the pushback should be in terms of whether or not so if you look at it syllogistically premise premise conclusion how confident are you in that they say so they go to slightly disagree they give you their reasons is the conclusion that you hold justified by the evidence to the degree that you're on the correct line that calibrating your belief like that that is not a simple thing that's something else that really bugs me about uh people like him is whenever he talks about this kind of stuff uh especially when he's out like actually performing his his little dance with the lines uh he always tries to exude an air of like confidence in his own beliefs that he doesn't think other people should have. In other words, like he believes that he's right and he's right for all the right reasons. And he believes that you're wrong because you just haven't thought about it enough. Yeah. And yeah. oftentimes it's things about like, uh, it's, it's just things about like what people value more. 
it's and it's he just it's it's weird that like the way that he described you don't know what his opinion is again it's like dude you asked the most loaded question like <laughs> and this is and i can't really put my finger on it but this stuff it it frustrates me in a way because this is what passes for like what he's describing is like what actually passes for conversations about controversial ideas in like certain spaces in a space that's maybe not dominant on Twitch, but very dominant on YouTube. And it's like, well, this isn't really how people would actually talk about a controversial issue if they were to have a real discussion about it. Mm -hmm. Cause most people, they don't think about that. They, and belief isn't binary. It's not on off. It's their degrees of belief. Hmm. I, I wonder when somebody puts forward a position in the context of street epistemology. Right. In your efforts to, to not let your own views come through, right. do you still sometimes represent another position or, or is it sort of strictly question asking? What I mean to say is that sometimes questions can be euphemisms for arguments. Yeah. Like if, if, if we were trying to figure out where the original, the or initial question being asked is a euphemism is the wrong word. He, <clears throat> he should have just said, sometimes questions are loaded. Mm -hmm. You said, why don't we go for, for pizza? And I said, oh, don't you think, don't you think pizza's a, a little bit expensive or, or don't, don't you think pizza's a, a little yeah. bit unhealthy? What I really mean to say is I don't want pizza. Pizza's unhealthy, you know, pizza's expensive. I don't want pizza. And right. I'm sort of wrapping it up in a question. I can understand why you'd want to avoid doing that. But no, pause on, pause on. Sorry to keep pausing you, but so to keep pausing you genuine relationship with me, you'd just say, I don't want to go to pizza. I don't eat bread. Like I don't eat bread and cheese. I wouldn't say, well, I don't want I just say, I don't eat bread and cheese. That's right. But people do this, this all the time just to be, okay. just to be polite. People use you. I don't think that was the point of the question. Kind of like, I suppose so. I mean, you yeah. said before we, before we started rolling that, that I strike you as incredibly Extremely British. British, quintessentially British. What, what is it that, uh, that gives you the impression? Oh, your affect, your demeanor, the way you use words, language, the kind of, um, the accent formality, uh, just yeah, I, I think he means yeah, you're speaking in a British accent. Descriptive. It's not. But no, it's really not. It's not pejorative. It's not. It's not positive either. It's just a description. Yeah. Um, well, thanks. I maybe it is more of a British thing. <laughs> what, what a pal. But, but for instance, I, I noticed that. But wait, hold on. He said. He said you had to make. He said sure. you you come off so British, and then he's like, "Oh, why do I come off British? Oh, I didn't mean it as an insult or a compliment, actually." <laughs> Like, it kind of sounded like one. What a pal. What a pal. <laughs> uh, on, on my way with somebody to a destination and, and I want to, you know, stop and get something from the shop, I'll say something like, oh, I might just pop into the shop. By which I mean, I'm going to go to the shop and, and get a bottle of water or something. But I, but I phrase it. But that's, a, that's the way. Yeah, that's a, that's a British thing. Such a way as to say, oh, I might just go to the shop. I might. Why? Why I, would you do that? I think it's it's a it's, it's a mannerism, thing. and it's a it's no. It's just a hell of Brit. It's the he just said you come off British. You come off British when you oh I might just pop into the shop. That's British. <laughs> like <clears throat> like if you were from Baltimore, you were like I might could pop in the shop. Like <laughs> like it's just like regional dialect and the way people talk. Like based on the way they've heard other people in their region talk. This is this is. This isn't even like a mile wide and an inch deep. This is like a foot wide and an inch deep right here. <laughs> Polite, but it's a very common thing. Oh. I, I don't know if you would sort of use that specific We're getting into some US, linguistics. That kind of thing pervades the way that all of us speak. Okay, so, okay, so in that sense, that's a cultural thing where it's a code of politeness. 
I suppose so. So we don't. No, 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 no. It's like just regional dialect and the way people say things. Like in California, up until recently, we called everyone dude. Not everybody's a dude. Like we're we're trying to train ourselves out of that. It's pretty hard. <laughs> I still say like you guys when I mean yeah. like multiple people of whatever gender. Yeah. Because to me, like guys in that context isn't gendered but i totally understand that it is to other people right right and they could be offended by that so i've yeah i've tried to stop using that phrase too funny enough people in the south had it had it covered it's it's y'all yeah yeah that's what i'm trying to switch to (laughs) no i mean i certainly i travel everywhere with reed i would never say that to him it would be would i ever say that to you no never i'd be like (laughs) i'm going to the shop i'm gonna get a bottle of water do you want anything yeah but you you know what i'm talking about in the in the abstract here that people often in to bring it back to the yeah to the what a man he doesn't he doesn't make indirect statements like that little difference in the way that you interact with people yeah. i mean my prefer and then, but he doesn't understand that this guy saying oh i might pop into the shop over here means the same thing as i'm going to go into this store yeah but he doesn't use the word might because he's he's a, a big american man well i probably wouldn't phrase it that way either but he's, it's, he's it's non-British as fuck. Right. But I mean, I wouldn't phrase it that way either because it's, it's not that it's not that I'm trying to be precise or anything. It's just, that's not the way that we would say that around here. Dave, you're coming off a little British. <laughs> <laughs> My preferred way of act interacting with people. I'm not saying this is right or wrong. It's just to me incredibly blunt and direct. Mm. And that way it could be a context of I might pop into the store is incredibly blunt and direct when this guy's out with his friend, because that means I'm going to the store. Yeah. And also I think uh, Peter has this like idea that that's how all Americans are because that's how he is. But that's not how all Americans are. Like Americans can be some of the most indirect. Like um, you hear someone in the South say, oh, bless her heart. Right. Right. Or just doesn't in, mean that, in, that's in this, not a compliment. <laughs> or in this case, like I said, in Baltimore and parts of DC, you go, I might could. That means I'm going to. Yeah. It's it's almost the same thing, actually. It's just the adding the could. The only thing that's different is uh the cosmic skeptic didn't say, Do you want anything? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Emerge from the context of being super busy all the time, but um I think that it lends itself it affords the opportunity to have more genuine relationships because then if I actually need to tell you something substantive, I'm not beating around the bush. I'm just telling it to you. That's right. And then you can either accept that or reject that. And if you reject it, you you can also do that without like being direct about everything. And also the, the the analogy they're using, I, I'm, I know I'm fucking beating. I'm, I'm hold on. I might beat this dead horse. Like, (laughs) like I'm beating a dead horse here. But you're being, it's, it's, oh, it's so stupid. There, there, this isn't like, this isn't a beating around the bush scenario, right? The person's going to the fucking store. They're just talking about it two different ways. Like, that's all. Nobody's beating around the bush. Oh, I might pop into the store over here, old chap. That means I'm going to the store the same as, oh, I'm going to go in the store means I'm going in the store. Like, <laughs> this is a bad analogy. This, this, they always have the worst analogies on this stuff we watch. There's a possibility that you reject a friendship. But on the street, when you do street epistemology, that's different. You have genuine relationships with the people in terms of... No, you don't. You know, when they say something and you offer a response or a counterexample or a potential objection, 
you're you're doing that for a very specific reason. You're you're doing that to to help them process what you just said in a sincere way. There's no gotchas. There's no there's no hidden motivations. Mm. There's no like oh I might just pop into the store. No, I'm going to the store. That means the same thing. Sometimes do this subconsciously as well. I think they often do it subconsciously. Yeah. Um, C.S. Lewis. Like imagine, okay, imagine like he imagined. Peter Peter believes that there could be, you know, a British guy and an American guy walking down the street, and the British guy turns to the American guy and goes, Hey, I might just pop into the store real quick, and the American guy goes, Well, are you? Yeah, what are you? You're leaving me hanging here. Yeah, the fucking dude. No, he absolutely gets, he'll understand that. <laughs> he gets confused and his brain starts leaking out his ear because he has no <laughs> idea what's going on here. <laughs> And then the Brit goes, oh, no, I've broken my American friend. <laughs> when, when he's sort of figuring out how to destroy this atheist's life, yeah, yeah, one, yeah. Of, one of the specific examples he gives is the husband who comes home and sort of says to his wife something like, why haven't you done the dishes? Yeah. Or, you know, why isn't dinner ready yet? And he doesn't mean why isn't dinner ready yet. What yeah. he means is I'm I'm fed up of living with you. This right. marriage. Oh, is, okay. Your example. Fuck your example. Yo, uh, if you so let's let's say let's say that you and me are partners, and I'm stay at home or whatever. Or I, I I'm at home, but maybe I'm like trying to get the podcast going or whatever. You come home and you see the dishes, and you see that like the living room's a mess. You know what you do? You go, hey, you know what? Um looks like the dishes haven't been done in the living room's a mess. I'll take the dishes. Can you get the living room? <laughs> Boom! Right? Yeah. Uh, so I, 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 I don't think that he's right here. That's not exactly what that means. If uh, that means that means if the bitch husband do the dishes. Home, yeah. If the husband comes home, comes home and says, why isn't dinner ready? What he means is this is an abusive relationship and I'm the abuser and you better do the things that I say. Right. If, if I came home and I was like in a relationship and usually, Oh, I was in that a relationship uh, because my, my boyfriend at the time was a grad student and he got off and he liked to cook. If I came home and dinner wasn't ready, I'd be like, Hey, you want to go, want to go out to eat? <laughs> like, yeah. Like it, it doesn't mean, Oh, I'm fed up in this relationship. No, that's clearly like, that's at least, if that's usual, that's abuse. If it's unusual, then that's like really poor choice of phrasing. Right. Time for her to clap back and be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, you know how to use the stove. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what the response to that is? Because you haven't made it yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> or the response is, Oh, great. I was, I, uh, sorry. I ordered pizza. I ordered your favorite. Sorry. It's not here yet. <laughs> <laughs> Remember what I called earlier to ask if you were on your way home and you said, yes, then I ordered the pizza, but now I'm going to go eat it with the cat. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Me and the cat are going to have this pizza. It might kill the cat, but that's okay. You can pay the bill. You're the man sort of tearing me apart right. and I don't think that you're sort of fulfilling the roles that I think you should as my wife but right. that is sort of condensed and euphemized as as not saying is dinner ready watch even Peter Bogosi and be like uh, yo yo really in the sort of delivery it's <laughs> right. the anger of why isn't the dinner ready yet that's not actually what you mean that represents a, a different position I so, feel like people do this with questions all the time yeah and you can tell when you when you look at an interview that's um, so okay. far one of your examples was stupid and the other one was sexist 
I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Well, so it was we he, he was on here. saying something yeah, sexist on purpose, but together. You, you've got yeah, one thing that we should be clear that that is not okay. It's in the personal. He kind of like just brushed off that, like, oh, you're not fulfilling the roles I think you should be. Like, yeah, that's the problem. It's not the dinner thing. Let's identify the problem in that situation. Yes, and I think those are disanalogous to street epistemology. So, like, yeah. in, in a marriage or a relationship, the the best evidence based stuff that I've seen is the Gottman method. You know, you need to have. I think the relationship in the literature is nine to one. I think it's a, something like a, a radically disproportionate amount of what they call turning toward. And those kind of negative undercutting comments don't do the relationship any good. That's not. Oh, oh shit. He, uh, Peter, I mean, sort of. Situation. Sort of he knows. Yeah, well, uh, sort of <laughs> the reason that I'm talking about this and what I'm going to go on to say here is asking how we can avoid this kind of thing in street epistemology. Oh, I see. That okay. is, if you watch an interview uh, that's a little bit fiery, and maybe a, a journalist who doesn't really like the person they're interviewing. Yeah. And they sort of hide behind this description that all they're doing is sort of asking questions and probing. Right. But you can just tell from their attitude right. that those questions are just euphemisms for arguments or jibes. Right. And I have a feeling that if I were to try street epistemology and somebody said, uh, or, or let's, imagine, let's imagine that you're, you know, you're debating the resurrection of Jesus and whether it really yeah. happened or not. And this is an example I've used before. And, uh, oh, like Aaron Rod did over and over again when he was doing street epistemology at least eight years before fucking Peter Bogosian invented it, even though, I don't know, maybe Aaron Rod's a time traveler. I'm a Christian, and, I, and somebody says to me, uh, and, and, and I say, well, the, the disciples claim to see Jesus after he died. Right. You know, how do you explain that? And they say, well, I think that the disciples were, were lying. And my question to them is something like, yeah. but why would they, why would they lie why would they go to death? Because the Christian position is that the disciples were put to death for these beliefs. I'm right. say, well, why would they be put to death for something they knew to be a lie? Right. Now, that sounds like a question. Right. But what I'm really doing there is representing my position, which is that the disciples wouldn't have done that. Right. But I'm, I'm wrapping it up in the question. So I right. can say, look, I'm doing street epistemology because I'm asking them a question. Well, right. why would they right. die for beliefs that they knew to be false? Right. But really, that's just an argument. So how do we avoid that kind of right, thing? That's a good question. When we're just trying to ask questions. Yeah, that, that's a good question. So in in the interview so far, you've said some stuff to me. And Look, he wants so bad to touch the mic, but the mic isn't like on a boom. And he was told, "Do not touch the mic." You can tell, <laughs> right? You can tell he really wants to touch that microphone. <laughs> that's fine. I probably I touch. I the get mic to touch my microphone. Yeah, I touch the mic all the time, but maybe touch rudely, it. maybe not. Hopefully, not rudely interrupted you. Those. So that's appropriate in this kind of a context. So street epistemology, you're creating a very particular and in a, in a almost, dare I say it, a special environment. And so- Like a safe space? Do you see, and I, I certainly <laughs> have seen for myself exactly what you're talking about. People have asked questions to lead other people to a certain conclusion. In fact- um, It's called a leading question. In fact, we, we've- did you just invent the leading question too? Since you mentioned the, <laughs> the um, uh, Greg Kulak's, oh God, I haven't read his book for a while, um, and Frank Turak and others. Um, I'm trying to think, what is the name of that book? Um, tactics. tactics. That's right, tactics. Protocols uh, of talks oh. about that, and it's not asking people questions because you want to help them align their the evidence they have 
with the confidence in their belief. It's asking them questions to lead them toward a belief. And I think that once you do that, the integrity of the process is compromised. And what you're trying to do is also... But he, the process yeah. you're talking about is stopping some 19-year-old who had no idea they were going to talk to you today on their way back from English 1A, and you're asking them a leading question about some social issue that they may or may not even have read up on. Like this, what he described is literally what he does. Like, would you be willing to pull up a a video of his and just go to a random place where he's asking a question. Well, we can do and it during, we can do it during, we can do it during the post game. Yeah. We'll okay. do it during the post game. We'll, we'll watch his most I'd, recent street epistemology. I'd put 10 bucks on it. Uh, it's like uh, that famous clip of, of Ben Shapiro talking to the student, uh, about, uh, it's got something to do with the, the transgender stuff. And, and Ben says, how old are you? And the student says, you know, I'm 19 or whatever. Yeah. And he goes, why aren't you 60? And everybody starts applauding because what he's ostensibly doing is asking a question. Yeah. What he's, he's not asking the question in the spirit of, hey, let's sort of investigate your yeah. beliefs and get to the, It's a point that's being made in the form of a question. Yeah. The so, fact that a question can get an applause is, a, is, a, is a strange concept. Yeah, correct. Think about it. Really so, portrays that it's not really a question at all. Okay, so what what's operative in that condition, in, in that situation, is the, the idea that the room is not the room. So are you asking the question because you it's on video and then you want everybody to applaud and cheer you? Are you asking the question very sincerely to help somebody really think about what it is that they believe? And the question that you will ask would be different depending on your goal. And I also think it's important to understand that people ask questions for many different reasons. When you teach, for example, you never really know why someone asks a question. You, you, you can't assume that someone asks a question because they want to know the answer. Maybe someone asks the question because they want you to know how smart they are. Maybe someone asks you a question because... Well, like here, can we, can we pause just real quick? Uh, so like... If you were to ask a trans person something along the lines of what is your biological sex? They're not going to tell you their gender identity. So like the two are not equal and they, they conflate them constantly and uh, cosmic skeptic right here just conflated them. Well, uh, he... I mean <clears throat> by quoting Ben Shapiro, but you know, it's uh if you're going to bring up something like that in, in the middle of this video, you shouldn't just leave it dangling there in midair. Uh, <clears throat> I would, I would say that he, That's what that, she, that he phrased it in a way that my interpretation is that he was criticizing what Ben Shapiro was doing. Maybe, but he didn't actually criticize it. Well, I mean, that would maybe uh, reduce his chances of getting access to Ben Shapiro later, which is what I think is probably going on here. <laughs> Get to the person sitting next to them and they want to show them how smart they are or that that you're paying attention or uh, so you, you never really know why someone asks a question. And so the the condition that you're trying to create is a very specific one. And we know from the literature about why people change their beliefs or why people would start to doubt things to be even more specific than change their beliefs. They're, they don't change their beliefs because they've been humiliated 
Uh, I know that that some people like Pendulet and others would have um, anecdotal evidence against this, but the literature is pretty clear. They change their mind from the position of psychological safety. That's how people change their mind. So you want to create environments that are as safe as possible and there's no and you can watch these on the video like like some guy that's three times your age just ambushes you on your way out of english 1a when you're on your way to get a fucking taco you know safe safe situations there's no there's, <laughs> i i don't think i don't i don't want to say there's no gotchas ever because i'm sure i've made a mistake and i'm not perfect and and i do the best that i can but um, oh you <clears throat> do you think cosmic skeptics gonna ask this guy about his trip to hungary where he met with like victor orban I don't know. I didn't even know about that trip. Oh, well, the answer was going to be the answer is going to be no. When you watch these, there's really no gotcha questions. There's no like, oh, you know, I made you look like an idiot. In fact, many times I've actually moved people to lines further from what it is that I believe. But that's how you maintain the integrity of the process. Yeah. So what's a what's a better question in that context? If the if the belief that you were talking to somebody about was the resurrection. Yeah. And they said. I think that shouldn't that make you doubt your own belief, you though? You think? I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. I the, the the problem here is that <clears throat> that I don't even know or care what Peter Bogosian believes. Right? I know what <laughs> comes out of him is content. So I I don't think too terribly much about what any of these people believe. I like to talk about what they're doing. So I would say if, if you're doing street epistemology, right, you know, as, as he put it, um, and it's making a person believe something that's even further away from your belief than they started with, maybe you should reconsider your own belief. Sure. Or these are matters of opinion. And the question you asked just reinforced an opinion they have that's different than yours. Yeah, that too. <laughs> think, ah, well, I know that Christians would say yeah. that they wouldn't be lying because they died for these beliefs. Right. And so why would they die for something they knew to be false? How do you, how do you sort of try to get that idea to arise in that person's mind without essentially just making the point in front of them? What kind of question do you well, ask in that context? Um, so, I mean, how and, do you frame and, it? And that, and that I would have, I mean, my, 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 personally, what I would have said would be something like, the Salem witch trials, for example. You, you familiar with those? Yeah. Yeah. I never really know what you're familiar with over here <laughs> in terms of US history. But so in those, you I can't remember what university. So it's we actually know the addresses of the people. We know the um we, we have the court records for, for for the people who were convicted of um, you know, uh, or for the witnesses who allege that people were um, w witches. Where, where, where do these people live? What are their addresses? How much uh, evidence so do the, have for the fact? The this? Salem witch trials technically weren't U.S. history because the U.S. didn't exist when the Salem witch trials happened. <laughs> and <clears throat> he's asking, he he's asking a like, he's making he's doing a quest statement. He's saying, yeah. well, we know their addresses. <laughs> what what he's saying is, we know where they're from. It happened. He's saying it happened and that's, that's wild that he's like, he's like, oh, you know, nobody should ever know your belief when you're doing, here's how I do it. And then he just fucking comes out and tells you what he believes. <laughs> very existence. To be fair, during the time that Jesus allegedly was resurrected, people didn't really have an address.
Um, <laughs> you know, Bart Ehrman, you mentioned Bart Ehrman before we started. He debated a buddy of mine, uh, Price, about whether or not Jesus was a, uh, a historical figure. I, I think every, almost all data seems to point, point to the fact that Jesus was. Um, so I would have approached that. Is that true? Point of view, like how confident what there were. What data would point, what datum, what singular point, what singular datum would point to the fact that Jesus wasn't? How would you go about proving a negative? <clears throat> we barely know what the fuck happened 500 years ago. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> if you don't have any evidence about those disciples that are extra biblical. So it, it just depends on the, que on the questions you ask. The, the questions you ask will... So, so if you're asking somebody questions, part of the idea when you ask them questions is that you want to, or at least this is, this is what I do, I ask them questions in such a way that if they're a sincere inquirer and they're thinking about what it is that you're asking them that it will cause them to question whether or not they're on the right line. Mm. So that's great. If you ask a question and they're like, that was a dumb question. Well, that's their fault. <laughs> right? It's like, if you're a serious inquirer and I ask your question, it's going to make you think deeply about it. It's not, it couldn't possibly be that, you know, I ask questions and sometimes, you know, it, it, people think deeply about it. And sometimes maybe I don't even ask the right question. Sometimes I ask a dumb question because I'm doing this live, which would be a much more, I don't know, uh, attached to reality thing to say, say about what's going on here. <laughs> so what does this look like in practice? Like, I mean, if you were sort of approaching somebody and saying, you know, we want to. Wait, has he never seen this guy's street epistemology videos? <coughs> what does this look like know. in practice we've watched them and it looks it's a shit show epistemology and and you say what's a what's a view that you hold oh yeah and they say That's you know do. I believe that I believe that the earth is a globe or something you know okay and that's 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 their belief like what's the kind of because uh, in in the context yeah. of the earth is a globe you presumably you agree with this, but you still think it's probably worthwhile sort of reevaluating how we know that, you know, why, why is it that we believe that? <laughs> we agree. Oh, thanks. Fuck dude. We, if, if somebody's like, what's your sincerely held belief and you're trying to do street epistemology and they're like, Oh, I think the earth is round. They're trying to get rid of you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I think water is wet. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm pretty sure you're wearing a black shirt, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to get rid of you. That, that's a non-fucking answer. Yep, hundred <laughs> percent. And so, what kind of questions are you asking here? How how do you get into a conversation that begins to get somebody to reevaluate their belief that the Earth is a globe? Um. Okay. <laughs> so I just want to say before I tell you that that's a great example because. It doesn't have to be with, it, it can be with anything. The earth is a globe, the earth is not a globe, whatever, it doesn't matter what the claim is. So you start on neutral, you explain the rules. And what I try to do is I try to build rapport with people for a minute or two, because part Wait of- Wait a minute, no, it doesn't matter what the claim is? What if you start from art, like, no, the, this guy's like, what is he, uh, 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 does he deny the existence of a premise? I think it, it would matter if the claim is non-falsifiable, right? Right. Or it would matter like if it was just like completely accepted common knowledge, like Washington, D.C. is the capital of the United States, right? Like 
if somebody's like if you know what i'm saying it's like there are uh, i am wearing shoes right now (laughs) you know like what you're like all right and then you move on to somebody else because like there's no there's no conversation there there's nothing there what the person wants to talk about is actually it actually is important so many people out there who want to make people humiliate people and make them look bad. And that's not what this is about. In fact, that's the, the literally the opposite of what this is about. And so many people are inherently skeptical when they see cameras and such, because mm-hmm. they think they're going to make them look like an idiot or gotcha. So I spend a minute or two trying to build a report to let them know this is simply not what that's about. And sometimes they talk to Reed or other people. Um, and then you, I explain the rules of the game to them and I'll say, the earth is a globe, they start on neutral, and let's say they move to uh, strongly agree, agree. Let's yeah, say. I mean, I would presume they're standing on strongly agree. Okay, so let's say they, so then you ask them for their evidence, you know, what evidence do you have? And you'd be surprised, even with pretty obvious and conspicuous empirical phenomenon like that, people don't, they don't have, an, they don't have evidence to justify their confidence. In fact, <laughs> I can't fucking believe. Oh yeah, why do you think the Earth is round? You're like, yo, listen, come on. Are you? Are we really doing this? That would be that would be the answer of any like regular. They'd be like, what are you talking about? Um, I think if you asked most people, like, could you prove that the Earth is round? Maybe they couldn't. At least they wouldn't know how to immediately. Um, uh, but like, if you ask them, why do you believe the Earth is round? Uh, I mean, because we've been to space and we we looked at it and it's round. <laughs> yeah, and people figured that out beforehand too. I just don't have the examples off the top of my head of how they did it. Yeah, like like if you asked me, how would I prove the Earth is round? Um, I'd have to think about it a little bit before I came up with a an experiment to prove that the Earth is round. Actually, I wouldn't because I do know several off the top of my head, but I'm a very weird person. Right, but like you don't, you could be like, I would just leave. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> almost never, right. even with something like the Earth as a globe. And so, what you do is you try to ask them targeted, systematic, Socratic questions to help them reevaluate how they know that the earth is actually a globe like what would someone say to that okay so somebody says well i've i've seen pictures of it i mean yeah. we've flown rockets into space taken pictures of the earth and we it's can pretty, see that it's a globe it's pretty hard for me to say anything to that because it's such an obvious claim but then i, I imagine you wouldn't say that and no in no i would definitely not say it. well i just ask questions you know like well have you so this i had this guy on in my science and pseudoscience class his name is mark Sargent, and he said why mark Sargent, the, oh, uh, gosh. Yeah. the flat earther yeah yeah he wrote a book i read most of, most of his book but um he said at some point in this conversation you ask a disconfirmation question what would it take for you to change your mind what would it take for you to move from strongly agree to agree you call that a disconfirmation question yeah well it's actually called the defeasibility condition but the feasibility is a big word. Discon- you're just trying yeah, to disconfirm. Is, they're like the same length. Yeah, they might be the exact same number of letters. <laughs> Disconfirmation and defeasibility, they're like not even very similar in length, if not exactly the same. <laughs> even that. 
that would lower your confidence. In. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's a much easier sell. So what kinds of things would count against this? Yeah, belief? that's a much easier sell. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, this is when you leave if well, it's the flat earth. You're like, you get out of here. That. Well, that would have to be, in the case of the earth being a globe, that would have to be very considerable. Yes. Um, but what would it take you to, to, to drop your, like, you know, from go to, from strongly agree to agree? That's a much easier sell. Yeah, Much sure. easier. So then um, I asked him that question. One of the students in the class asked that question. He said, "This is Mark. You're asking this to Mark Sargent, who believes." Yeah, the I earth didn't is flat. ask one of my the students. Students asked. asking to yeah. to a flat earther. Yeah, and just just for the record, uh, I almost never ask my guest ever any questions. I teach the students how to ask questions. The guests come in, they do an hour lecture, like if Christians. Every, every literally had Mark Sargent the conspiracy. Mark Sargent also like is in. a danger to have on your campus for reasons we've covered this guy he's terrifying I teach the students how to ask those questions and then hey wait a minute this why do you think that maybe they said oh maybe time to resign dude the question so it's not me asking mark Sargent. yeah so somebody asked him a disconfirmation question okay so what would it take and he said somebody would have to send a rocket up with a um, camera on it, high def camera from that we got from multiple angles, and you'd have to see the world spin like that. Train. He said, "There's never been okay, anything we like have that, that before." And so the I Discover said, mission if you literally could, did that. It, so okay, so that's a disconfirmation question, and then you reiterate it. So if you were shown that, would you change your mind? Because then you can see if something. The thing is, though, like they the, whatever disconfirmate whatever answer a flat earther will give you like the one that mark gave to him uh is not true because they don't believe it because of logic they believe it because of usually religion um uh, i guess it may not always be religion but like no one logically concludes that the earth is flat well, the other problem with that answer is that if you if the the organizations that have the kind of money to send a rocket up that's going to sit stationary, right? For long enough for us to observe the earth spinning because you're not really going to observe the earth spinning, right? You have to first you have to well, time lapse it to like really be able to see it. So yeah, but we do have that. Right, that's what I'm saying. Any organization that has the kind of money to do that, they're going to say, oh, yeah. well, that's NASA. Why do you trust NASA? That's Yeah, they don't believe the organization. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. what I'm saying. Discover so, is a NASA mission. So, yeah, 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 so that's they're just going to they're just going to suggest to you that the the organization that has the power to do that is just a lion ass organization anyway. And so that's the problem with that. Because like your average hobbyist isn't going to be able to send up a rocket for long enough that you're going to be able to observe the spinning of the earth. Also yeah. like, also um, like the, the rocket, as it goes up, it's going to move with the earth, right? Because it's spending a lot of its time on its way up in the atmosphere, which is generally traveling with the surface. Yeah. But we have like, we have uncut videos of uh, like from the outside of a rocket of the, the rocket traveling up into space. Like you can watch those live like SpaceX streams whenever they launch a rocket, they stream f like live video from the rocket. So like, again, you're not going to logic a, uh, a flat earther out of a position because they believe it for religious reasons. Uh, and by the way, in case you're interested, uh, the discover mission that I'm talking about is at epic.gsfc.nasa.gov. It's super cool. You can go in and see pictures of the earth, like 14 of them a day.
Uh, you can go back to like any time you can view like moon transits. You can view like, uh, like solar, uh, uh, solar eclipses, like the shadow of the moon. Uh, it's super cool. Nation criteria, right? right. Again, I want to stress that the- Because the, they might say something like, well, I'd, I'd assume that it was fake or correct. something like that. That's why you, you, so this is, this is really important. So that's why before you ever are in a conversation with somebody, don't just present your evidence, right? I'm, I'm, I can't be out there presenting my evidence. I mean, actually, to be crystal clear with you, I have literally zero evidence that the earth is not a globe, like nothing. But <laughs> let's say I had what I thought was evidence. I cannot present you with that evidence unless I know that you would consider that sufficient to change your mind about something. Well, what if somebody said to but you- That's a really important point. Like, I need to figure out what evidence what you would accept as evidence before you would change your mind before I present any evidence that I have. But isn't it fair to say that many people simply won't know? That is, uh, imagining somebody who likes what you're doing. They say, yeah. I really like the street epistemology yeah. thing. Um, I don't really want to talk about anything too sort of topical or controversial. Yeah. I just want to really get to grips with the method more than anything. So yeah. why don't we shoot for a really obvious belief that I hold and start evaluating it? Okay. So I say, the earth is a globe. Yeah. And you say to me, okay, you strongly agree? I say, I strongly agree. Yeah. And you say, well, what kind of thing would change your mind? And I say, honestly, I, I just, I don't know. I believe this so strongly and so clearly that I, I can't even think of the kind okay. of thing that would make me change my mind. How do you proceed in, in that conversation? Okay, so that's a really good question. So my golden rule is when I do these, and you can see this on, on video, um, whenever anybody says to me, I don't know, I always say to them, that's a great answer. Because it is a great answer. If someone says they don't know, so the way you wanna create cultures in which people don't pretend to know things they don't know is, is j by rewarding them when they say, I don't know. If I ask you a question and you don't, can I swear on your show? If you like. I'll use a, a, a shorthand. If I ask you a question, and you don't know the answer, and you say, I don't know, I say, thank you. And if I ask you a question, and you think there's gonna be some price to be paid for you don't, saying you don't know, then you're just gonna BS me. Then I'm gonna to have to be caught up in whatever nonsense you just told me. So if I ever get the chance to, uh, to participate in one of his little shows, uh, <laughs> I, would, I would pretend to not know stuff that I did know. To be fair, though, I bet they screen, right? <clears throat> I don't think they do. It oh, doesn't I, seem like I, they do. Those ed the videos that we see from him are heavily edited. Oh, yeah, they edit for sure. But well, I don't but, know if they screen the participants. Well, if you can edit, you can certainly edit out some kind of screening process that you're doing. Maybe. Yeah, you could be right. Which saying I don't know is actually valued and rewarded. And the way to do that is if someone's on the line and I say, well, what would it take to change your mind? No matter what line they're on, they say, I don't know, that's a great answer. Okay, great. So, so we've got as far in this conversation as, I, I strongly agree that the earth is flat. You yeah. say, what might change your mind? I say, I don't know. You say, that's a great answer. Yeah, that's a great answer. And then I can try to think of some, again, this is an extreme example. Mm. <laughs> but but is, is it an extreme example in that it's a, it's a way of, as I say, examining the, the process of street epistemology yeah, much correct. more than the, the topic themselves. C correct. Uh, the, the topics themselves, the, the, which is kind of what we want to do here when we're talking about what street epistemology is. C correct. H however, there are, I mean, if I said to you, you know, this is a hand, what evidence would constitute against it? 
the, the more conspicuous or obvious the thing, the more extraordinary I have to fabricate some kind of potential thought experiment. So I would sure. say to them, okay, so how, how likely is it, you know, I'd say, well, what if I, sh what if I showed you pictures of um, the earth being flat? What if I had testimony of experts come in? What if I had, you know, so, so, so I would. You're like, I've been on YouTube. I've seen all of this. Think about ideas that I could come up with to the best of my ability to make them think, okay, well, this is possible. And the moment they say this is possible to something I say, mm. then if we had a hundred gradations of belief and they were at 99, the more likely something is possible, the more likely it is that they'll go from 99 to 98. Like every, anything, anytime they say that something is possible, it has a potential of undermining the confidence in the claim. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you, you're quite right that the flat earth example is, is, a, is a difficult one. I mean, when you said, well, it's like saying this is a hand, what evidence yeah. do you have against that? I mean, I can imagine in the context of street epistemology, I might try to ask something like, you know, how, well, why do you believe that there's a hand in front of you? And Correct. You might get something like, well, because you can see it. And then you might ask. Because I feel it. Well, why do you believe that your, your eyes are giving you an accurate representation Correct. of the world or something like that? But to me, again, this feels a little bit like it's verging on a, on a point. Yeah. It sounds like I'm, I'm not saying, well, why do you believe that your, that your sense data is accurate? Rather, I'm yeah. saying like, well, haven't you considered that your eyes might be deceiving you? It, it feels like I'm sort of representing a position. But there. that's nothing wrong with that, right? There's nothing wrong with you representing a position um, provided that if they were standing on the exact opposite line, you'd represent the opposite position. Sure. So how does this look on a question like if, if I approached you and said, I think that God exists? Uh, I think there is something wrong with that, though. Like if uh, uh, if you misrepresent that position. Like if you don't know how to argue from that position, then you shouldn't. You shouldn't be representing that position. You know what I mean? Like what he said earlier, where he was like. I pretend to be one of those wokey boys. Like, it sounds to me like he does not know. I mean, he didn't say that, but, you know, it's it sounds to me like he doesn't know how to be, how to represent the position of a leftist. Sure. <clears throat> we haven't heard him try to do it, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he says he has. Maybe he thinks he has. Yeah. And I say, well, because... Uh, we just did one of those just the other day here in London. And And how did it go? It went great. He started on this strongly disagree. That, yeah, that, so, that so, God exists. Yeah, so here's an example. So I'm an atheist. Hmm. Uh, I've been accused of being a pretty hardcore atheist. Um, I'm an atheist. He started on the strongly disagree, and we'll release these videos. We'll send you the link if you want. Yeah, we'll um, put it in the description. Yeah, yeah. So he started on the strongly disagree. He moved to the disagree. And then he said to me, did he move to the slightly disagree? I can't remember. I can't remember. And he said to me, are you going to try to get me to move to the strongly agree? And I was actually going to try to see if I could keep moving him along the spectrum. But then I thought, since he said that, let's see if I can move him back to that degree. Let's see if I can keep giving him doubt about the fact that he's on the right line. He went and, home and had an existential crisis. That yeah, day. <laughs> right. And he moved, he eventually moved back to the, to the strongly disagree. But if he hadn't said that, I was going to try to nudge him to the slightly disagree and then to the neutral. But in each Wait, what case, did he say? I missed it. What you're
Like, what did the guy say? Try to get me to move. Great. He started on this strongly disagree. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So here's an example. So I'm an atheist. Hmm. Uh, Okay. So he's, he's agreeing with him at first. Um, I'm an atheist. He started on the strongly disagree and we'll release these video. We'll send you the link if you want. Yeah. We'll Um, put it in the description. Yeah. Yeah. So he started on the strongly disagree, strongly disagree that God exists. Disagree. And then he said to me, did he move to the slightly disagree? I can't remember. I can't remember. And he said to me, are you going to try to get me to move to the strongly agree? And I was actually going to try to see if I could keep moving him along the spectrum. But then I thought, since he said that, let's see if I can move him back to that degree. Let's see if I can keep giving him doubt about the fact that he's on the right line. He went and, home and had an existential crisis. That yeah, <laughs> that's right. And he moved, he eventually moved back to the, to the strongly disagree. But if he hadn't said that, I was going to try to nudge him to the slightly disagree and then to the neutral. But in each case, what you're really doing is you're by providing counterexamples, and, and I think your claim is a good one. I don't think there's anything wrong with representing a position in your question, um, it, pr- provided you're willing to do that no matter what line somebody is on. What questions? Uh, because again, we're talking about questions here. We're talking about probing, asking. Yeah about somebody's beliefs, not making points. What, what are the kind of questions you can ask a person that causes them to go from, I strongly believe that it's God exists, I strongly disagree that God exists, yeah. to I kind of disagree that God exists, yeah. back to I strongly disagree, just just by <laughs> asking questions. It, well, I just say it took me, uh, you know, I'm 56, almost 57 years old. It took me over a quarter century to figure out, <laughs> to figure out how to do this stuff. A uh, lot of reading, a lot of studying, a lot of, you know, mm. working in the prisons, public schools. It took me a lot of time. But did, this um, guy, this, did this guy work at the prison? There is no... Uh, <clears throat> okay, look. The, the most important thing that you need to do is you need to... Maybe really he means he was a prisoner? No, yeah. I doubt it. You need to truly <laughs> track the conversation. That was a joke. That's why often <laughs> after I do these, I'm just exhausted because it just takes complete yeah. and to- like utter focus. So once you really really understand like once you grasp what what someone says then you need to understand why they believe it and once you understand why they believe they believe it then it's it's the formula is pretty pretty clear so in this particular example what were the turning points in both directions for this mm. atheist mm. Well, I, I thought of that because of something you asked. I, I'm starting to feel like this conversation happened in a hipster coffee shop, but then he said he has video of it, which should be linked in the notes, which we're going to watch during the post game. Cool. <laughs> um, God exists. He goes to the strongly disagree. Uh, I asked him why he strongly disagreed. Read if I'm screwing up my memory of the conversation, please tell me. God, how long, um, you, how long is it going to take you to tell this fucking story? <laughs> And I said, well, give me your, your reasons for that. He gave me his reasons for that. And remember, the reasons that somebody give you, gives you may not be the reasons they actually believe it. So there could be many things going on and they could be processing ideas. I mean, it could be he got molested by a priest. I mean, it could be literally, you just have literally no idea why anybody. So, so the only thing you have to go on is what they tell you. Yes. So then what I do is I repeat the claim back to them. Now, uh, okay, so it's called Rappaport's first rule. So I repeat the claim back to them. And what I'm looking for for them in the ideal world is if they say that's right. That's from hostage, the literature on hostage negotiations. Now, 
The thing that I never talk about is what I'm really doing when I'm doing that besides understanding that is I'm trying to figure out if that's the reason that they actually believe it. That's a very complicated thing. It's you got to read subtle cues, et cetera. I mean, you can do this without knowing how to do that at all. I've never said that before, but I, but it is also what's going on in well, my How, how my can mind. you tell? How can you, if somebody, if, if I, if you ask me why yeah. I think that God doesn't exist and I say, oh, well, I think that the problem of evil is a pretty powerful argument. And you sort of relay that back to me yeah. and I say, yep, that's it. How yeah. can you tell if that's not really what's motivating? Uh, decades of doing this, uh, how they mind reading, what their face looks like, um, where their Prested eyes go, digitation. Um, if their body language is, uh, is cold is reading, one thing or another. Um, if they have somebody else with them who also believes it, it makes it much more tricky because they want to save face. Mm. Um, but let's let's talk about how you move someone. So yeah, so. He strongly disagrees. I said, why do you believe that? And he said, oh, you know, the universe, et cetera, et cetera. You know, how, how did the universe get here? Wh whatever the claim is. And so a common one that, that I use for God, you know, 20% of the time or what have you is that. So one explanation is that the universe is that there's a God. What about Victor Stenger's explanation that the universe always existed? Is it possible that the universe always exists? The moment that somebody says yes to that, it's just like a formula. You just subtract, it's just like reason one, reason two, reason three. If reason one is God and reason two is the universe always existed, then you have to subtract the, post, the likelihood that it always existed from reason one to give you whatever the... Yeah, I don't usually talk to chat during the fucking show, but chat, you're cracking me up is and then that is that sufficient to move right. you to a line so reason one god reason two the universe always exists a la victor stenger reason three um nothing is inherently unstable from lawrence krauss's universe from nothing mm. so let's say that even if you want to say it's just a it's just a very small likelihood each of those possibilities are a small likelihood number two plus number three is you know minus whatever it is that subtracts from the god the likelihood that it's god and that is sufficient to move one to disagree because you've got this sort of this or what if somebody has heard all these arguments says yes this stuff is possible but i'm still 90 percent sure of my position you know what i'm saying like to strongly agree doesn't mean i 100 percent know this to be true so it's like you're, yeah. you're this, the pro one of the main problems with this is like, you're sort of relying on, you're sort of taking for granted that people mean the same thing when they say strongly agree or slight or somewhat agree. Yeah. And that God creates the universe. Correct. And you're saying, well, here's a, here's another potential explanation. Correct. And even if you don't think that's as plausible, say it's 20% as plausible. 2%. 2%. That's all you need. It means you sort of have to shave off that two percent, correct? From the from the principle, ninety-eight percent is strongly agree. <laughs> That's an A plus, motherfucker. <laughs> like, <laughs> is strongly agree just anything above like eighty? I don't know. I, I'm not going to get into this, but I, I'm going <laughs> to listen. It's like a, it's like it's like a porn. Uh, you know it when you see it, and ninety-eight percent yep. is strongly agree. <laughs> And if take them some good odds, correct. Well, seventy and if ninety-eight percent is the uh, the full-on penetration of agreeing, another one, a third <laughs> explanation, and you say that's two to five percent. 
then that's 10% or, or four to 10% off of the original explanation. And then that must mean that you, you except, except what if they already heard the shit you're saying to them? And that's how they got to the conclusion that they strongly agree. So they're at 97% or whatever, because you've heard, they've heard the arguments against it. They go, yeah, I'm going to give that a little bit of weight, but just like really a little bit. And I still strongly agree with this. Would, would slightly agree be like the soft course, uh, like, uh, like Cinemax, late it's night like Cinemax this, porn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or is that like, would, not would that be neutral? The question, right? So <laughs> me to you in an interview, a rational person would, but in, but in a street epistemology, would it be rash context? Would it be rational then for an outside observer looking at this to say, well, it's only this percent, therefore it can't be strongly disagree. It has to be disagree. And most people... If you frame it in terms of that outsider, it's called the outsider test for faith from John W. Loftus. Look at the belief as if you're an outsider. If you frame the belief like that, then they'll move to disagree. So, so that would be one way to move them to disagree. But is, is it a zero-sum game like that? I mean, is it sort of like, if you think something's got a sort of 60% probability of yeah. being true, is it not possible to think that another hypothesis maybe has 55% chance of sure. being true, which of course, you know, you, you've got more than 100 here, it, it, which implies that the arguments aren't sort of competing for the percentage space. Sure. sure. So it, it might not be in That's actually a fucking, thank you, you finally. That, you know, if you're like 90% sure that, that yeah. the universe was created by God, and somebody says, well, couldn't the universe exist uh, just necessarily? And they say, I think that, that could be true. Uh, maybe it's sort of 30%. Plausible. Uh, well, uh, then, then if it, if that's does that the have case, to take away. Okay. Well, yeah. By definition, it has to take away because there's only. I mean, <laughs> because if, otherwise, what I'm saying is a bunch of bullshit. People <laughs> want to make sure that the, if not the. Well, I think what he means is they're mutually exclusive. Um. Uh, so, any chance that one has is a subtraction of a chance of the other. I think I. I think I, I'm with Peter on this one. Like, but, if, if as long as they're mutually exclusive. But the problem, the problem, I don't, but. But asking, could the universe have always been, is not mutually exclusive with that God created the universe. Because God is illogical anyway. God could just say, like, I created the universe and it's always been. <laughs> right, right. That's what I'm saying is, like, it's. And people don't really think about, people aren't like doing the subtraction from a hundred in their head while they're thinking about whether or not they believe something. You know what I'm saying? Not, yeah. People's <laughs> beliefs aren't just subtract uh, a game of subtract from a hundred. So question <laughs> of the belief isn't dislodged, then they'll attribute a vanishing likelihood to whatever alternative plausible explanation. Say, well, it's possible, but it's 0 0.001. Then you, then the you street epistemologize to use that as a verb. <laughs> that means annoy How people. They would know that. So the problem is, it, you'd street epistemologize. How they would know that? Okay, so so let's just say that you do that, and they're not, and they say, okay, well, that's just it's vanishing. It's you know, it's point zero one. The other one's point zero one, and and I was a hundred percent, but okay, so fine. And now I'm ninety nine point nine 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 nine. Okay. But that's not enough to get me to the, to the, um, to the disagree. So then you would say, okay, I can't take it anymore. I can't fucking take <laughs> it anymore. We're not watching anymore. of this in the post game. We will check out the uh, link in the, in the notes here, I guess about his most recent, um, except it's not even in the fucking notes. 
All right. Is it not? No. But that's okay. That's okay. I mean, oh I'm, wait, no, no, no. It was. Uh, I think it's right above. No, that's just a link to. His YouTube it's not channel. in. We're okay, not going yeah, to. We're not, not going to. We're not going to do street epistemology <laughs> or stream epistemology about whether it's in the notes. HK. Actually, what would it take? <laughs> what would it take to make you believe that it's it's not in the notes? How could you? Uh, I think I would have to uh, decode it into binary into its constituent binary, and then re-encode it using various different encoding schemes. <laughs> so this was like th- there's been a couple times recently where I, I was like we have to stop this wasn't as bad as the last time i had to stop i don't know if you uh if you remember this here um the last time we had to stop was pretty terrifying anyway i'll either find it or i won't if i don't find it we'll find another one of his uh street epistemologies here this one looks spicy anyway hk this has been a this has been horrible do you want to read us out <laughs> yes uh thank you for joining us uh we do this show every wednesday at 7 p.m pacific uh if you're listening to the podcast then maybe some week check us out live uh if you do check us out live you get to see red light which will f- happen right after the song we're about to play uh, if you want to support us, you can do that on echoplexmedia.com. We have various different ways, including patreon.com slash echoplex and eplex.store. Uh, our other shows are linked on echoplexmedia.com. Uh, so check them out. And uh, this is Boomers by Periscope.
every Saturday is Catterday on Echoplex Media, and not only are we posting fucking cats, we invite all content creators to join our open panel. Visit echoplexmedia.com slash panel to learn how to join. Every third Saturday is Operation Catterday, where we cover this week and last year and play the best clips from the cast of conspiracy characters that Now Space has learned to loathe. The show starts at 8 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. Find our full schedule at echoplexmedia.com.